0: Enemy mode is defined as a person who sees and experiences others as adversaries. And Ray Woolridge, one of the authors of the book Escaping Enemy Mode, says this can really poison family and community bonds. So how do we escape enemy mode? Let's talk about that today with one of the authors of this new Moody Publishers resource, Ray Woolridge. Ray, good morning. Thanks for joining us.
1: Good morning, and thanks for having me.
0: Maybe we can go ahead and define a little bit more. What exactly is enemy mode?
1: Enemy mode is a non-relational brain state where your brain views the people in your life, the people around you, uh, whether whether for a moment or for uh, extended periods of time, as an enemy. And there's someone who's not on your side. There's someone uh, that you need to fix enemy mode could, and then there's different expressions of enemy mode, and it's something we can all fall into at times.
2: And you say that it's something different, though, than just in general being angry. Talk about that.
1: Sure. Yeah, we can all get angry. We all get surprised by life. Things come our way that we're not expected, and, and, and anger can arise. But uh, there's you can return to being happy with the people around you when you're angry. But, you know, Enemy mode and anger can be related, but we're, we're saying that it's a malfunction in your brain that, uh, you know, when, 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 you know and when you're angry, then all of a sudden this person is not only, I'm not only angry at the situation, I'm angry at this person and I need to do some damage to them or things they value.
0: Mm. Now, how does trauma or the, the things we've experienced in the past kind of play into this?
1: Trauma, definitely will cause some people to be more uh, susceptible to going into enemy mode. Um, Trauma will trigger uh, painful memories that are unresolved from your past. And all of a sudden, you're not just responding to your wife who's trying to help you while you clean the dishes in the kitchen. You're responding to your mother and your body. In your body, you feel like you're five years old and you're getting scolded by your mother.
2: So how do we get into enemy mode? Where does it start?
1: Well, it it can start. A, there's so many different on ramps for enemy mode. Uh, one one way that it starts is when we're just over capacity. In other words, we we we're facing challenges in our life and we just don't have the capacity to handle them presently. So I I I'm, I'm talking about we're physically tired, if we're under any type of medication, uh, if our schedule is overburdened, if we're overwhelmed, enemy mode can become a coping mechanism for people. Uh, that, that's definitely uh, a common theme that we saw in our research.
0: Well, and just to break it down even more, you say there are three types. So walk us through the three different ways we can maybe unknowingly be in enemy mode.
1: Well, let's talk about the one that every, in our research, no one had, had difficulty acknowledging they had seen this one. This is what we, we call stupid enemy mode. It's a high-energy moment where someone goes on the attack to do damage. And this is that moment when, say, you're, you're in public and somebody's losing it. We all want to get our cell phones out and record what's happening. And, and it it can happen in families, when plates are broken. it can happen uh, on the phone with customer service representatives. There's usually uh, lots of heated words, sometimes profanity, that sort of thing. and we, we all notice that one. Another type expression of enemy, enemy mode, though that perhaps is even more common is what we call simple enemy mode. It's where your brain is just being non-relational. Rather than seeing the people in your life as as uh, people to to connect to at a heart level and to love and to to cherish as you do things together, uh, your brain has concluded these are there's nobody on my side, and so you start missing relational signals. And and Bridget, uh, there are people that live their whole lives that way. Mm-hmm. They may say the right things, they may believe the right things, but a part of their brain is kind of offline to relational connection. Mm-hmm. Um, The the really creepy one and the one that I didn't – I thought this one was really for the worst of the worst, and then I realized how prevalent it was, and that's what we call intelligent enemy mode. Some people call this one predatory enemy mode. These are people who have a lot of emotional intelligence, but they are maneuvering for a win, and they're going to do whatever they can to win, and usually a win for them is a loss for you and so they're using all their emotional intelligence but they have no compassion no attachment to you as a
2: person the book is called escaping enemy mode but is there ever a time when enemy mode could be useful
1: well you know going into our project uh, i'm retired military and i was trained by the military first first serving in the in the infantry and then the cha- as a chaplain and uh, so coming into our project, I thought maybe an, an enemy mode would be needed sometimes, say like in combat or say like when things are uh, not going well. And then I realized really, it, uh, enemy mode is an impaired brain state. You're using the overfocused part of your brain, that let, left hemisphere, to solve problems, but you're missing relational c- clues from your right hemisphere. And it's very important to, you know, if we're going to be the people God created us to be, we need to use both hemispheres of our brain. And even when things are tough, even when times are dark, we were designed to be fully functioning human beings, and enemy mode is not a reflection of that.
0: Well, this is, it's so intriguing, and I think the thing that you said that really got me is, is that simple enemy mode because that seems kind of insidious. It seems like you may be operating this and not even realize it. So can you give us another example of what this might look like in our life?
1: Well, I'll give you an example from our book, but uh, I, I can tell you a number of examples like this. I, my wife and I were on vacation driving in an RV, and we were, we were listening to a podcast together somewhere in the middle of Idaho. And the podcast was fascinating, and I couldn't wait to keep listening. And as we were driving, I was so focused on the words of the podcast that I missed a question from my wife. And that's common for, for people in our st- stage of life. Sometimes their hearing is a little impaired. And so, I, so then I heard her question. And after she said it the second time, and I looked over her, at her, and rather than pause the podcast and say to her, Oh, I'm sorry, I missed your question. What was that again? I said, I really want to listen to this. Now, the message I was communicating to her because I was in simple enemy mode was, Go away, kid, you bother me. I'm busy. And and I was being non-relational. And how easy would it have been? It wasn't like it was a live broadcast. It was just. This doesn't make any sense looking back on it. All I had to do was pause the podcast. Yes, uh, how can I help? And then hit play a few minutes later. But instead, because I was in enemy mode, I I, I made her feel like I, I She wasn't important to me, and she's the most important human being in my life.
2: Well, even so that's hearing an example. Yeah, and even hearing that example, I think we might have listeners saying, oh, boy, this might be something that I am uh, participating in and not even knowing it. So if someone is recognizing that, you know, I'm, I might uh, go into this enemy mode, how can I get out of that kind of thinking and more into that relational thinking?
1: Well, first thing you got to do is you got to recognize that enemy mode is a thing. You, you've got to recognize that at times uh, it may, how it how it touches your life, and so uh, it's very important to understand what it is. Another thing that you need to do is build your relational joy with people around you. And we encourage people to keep a, a, a journal, and and write down every day things that bring joy to you. Now, joy, as we view it, is is uh, we're just happy to be together. And when we're happy to be with the people in our lives, we, we build positive memories to for one another. So if you would every day write down something that brought a smile to your face, it could have been something simple or it could have been something really big. And start building a record of those and then noticing what your body felt like in that moment. You know, and, and so then when you're under pressure, if you would first notice, oh, wait a minute, I'm feeling something in my body and take some deep breaths, and then look that person in the eye and remember a a happy memory you had with them, you'll be less likely to stay in enemy mode. Now, uh, Bridget, it's not a question of if we're going to go into enemy mode. It's a question of when. And the point is, can we reliably escape? So I'd say uh, uh, keeping a record of things you're thankful for, for 30 days and then using that as a catalog to return to joy with people is important. Admitting to yourself that enemy mode is a thing is very important. I'd say one other thing for our listeners, and I'm, I'm noticing this myself, pay attention to what your body's telling you. So uh, if, if you notice all of a sudden it went from a peaceful conversation to you're feeling a little agitated, you're, you're feeling a tightness in your chest, your, your vision is narrowing. You know What's happening is your amygdala is sending some fight or flight, uh, some, some endorphins across your body to get ready for, for battle. But if it's a, a conversation around the table, that, that's almost an indicator you're going into enemy mode. And take some deep breaths. Take a break. Go for a walk. And while you're walking, remember some things you're thankful for, and then go back and maybe resume the conversation if you can do it and stay relational.
0: So helpful and very practical. We're talking with Ray Woolridge of the book Escaping Enemy Mode. And I think what you're doing here, Ray, is you're combining brain science and research with theology. Why is that so important that the two go together?
1: Well, you know, Jim Wilder and I are both Christians. We love the Lord. We've grown up in the church. Our desire is to be the, the men that God created us to be with all of the, the gifts and abilities and capacity that he gave us to be. And uh, so, so for my whole life, I've valued the, the biblical insights about how human beings thrive. But then I realized there were some things happening in my life and in the people I knew uh, that could not be just explained by the creed they believed or the confession they had or the scripture verses they had memorized. There were some gaps and shortcomings. And I started learning about the brain and realized, well, you know, these are things that that, uh, there's some ancient wisdom about how to be a peaceful person. There's an ancient wisdom about how to have joy with other people. In the 1990s, uh, we, For the first time in human history, we could scan brains in living human beings and start to figure out what was happening up there. And God gave us these brains. And so we're, we believe that as we learn about the brain and learn about what the scriptures say about how it, what it means to be mature, we can more fully become the people Jesus created us to be.
2: The book is called Escaping Enemy Mode, How Our Brains Unite or Divide Us. These are just some really good thoughts. Could you leave us with uh, just maybe a thought about how to change from being in enemy mode to being someone who sees each other even as differently from us as a friend?
1: Well, I would encourage you to find somebody in your life who is a trusted person, someone who you know has your back. It could be your spouse. It could be a sibling. It could be someone in your Bible study or someone in your church. And give them permission, if they notice enemy mode in you, to tell you. And uh, Jim Wilder has, has that those people in his life. I have those people in my life. If they notice I'm slipping in enemy mode, they have permission to say, hey, I think you might be slipping into enemy mode right there, and build a relationship where you can confess it to one another. And it'd be, what a wonderful small group practice to say, you know, as you're as you're getting ready to pray and you're getting ready to support one another, encourage one another, you could say, you know, I got into enemy mode with the barista today because they got my coffee wrong. Or I got into enemy mode with the customer service rep on the phone because X what, whatever, whatever the conversation was about. Because if you'll confess it to other people and also give them permission to speak into your life, it's very powerful. We cannot escape enemy mode reliably alone. We need people around us on the escape with us.
0: If I had 30 seconds, which I think I'm going to press through just because i got to get this answer. Now, what happens if you're on the other side of enemy mode? How do you respond?
1: Whoa, there's a lot there. Um first, first, you need to recognize what's, what's going on in the other person, and you need to recognize how, how your body feels about that, what you think about that. You might need to uh, uh, get out of that situation temporarily so you can stay relational. You, you do need to um, – another thing for, for believers, for followers of Jesus, one of the best things you could do in the moment after you take some deep breaths and calm yourself down is say, Lord Jesus, what do you want me to notice right now? and then just just listen for what he has, he reveals to you and it could be that this you know he he might say this person's in a lot of pain or it might be that uh, you need to protect yourself and you need to reengage with them tomorrow when they're not so angry um, so you know i'd say recognize it in yourself but when you recognize it in another person um realize that they're coming from a place of pain and that's not and also begin to look at what well, what is this is this really them or is this or they're acting this way because there's something broken in them? You know, is that their best self or are they acting that way because of trauma?
0: so having that understanding and that grace it sounds like helps us Mm -hmm. in response wow there's so much more we could talk about i'm glad that you've put it all in a book you and jim wilder it's called escaping enemy mode how our brains unite us or divide us we've got links at eric and bridget.org ray thanks so much for your wisdom and your time and your help in all of this we appreciate it
1: Well, Bridget, it's been a pleasure. Look forward to uh, hearing more from you in the future. Thank you so much.